In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we invite you into this space and ask you to send your Holy Spirit upon us to bind us to our Lord Jesus Christ, that every thought, word, and work of ours may begin with you and through you be happily completed through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. So it's a really different experience, I think, for all of us. And um, if you're tuned in on the internet, um, it's probably the first time you've done the retreat at home and listened to conferences online. And uh, you're here in the retreat house, it's the first time that you've been at a retreat and there's like this internet audio coming in all the time. Um, and if you're a retreat master, it's the first time that you've been preoccupied about technology throughout the retreat. And so, uh, so we're all kind of in this together. Um, but I am grateful that we can all be here with each other and, and that we're all united with each other. You know, whether you're here at the retreat house and the uh, less than 10 people we have here, you know, or you're tuning in from around the country, um, it's really a great privilege to, to be able to lead you in prayer today. And um, really what my prayer is for you is that today can be a day of kind of really examining our lives and examining our consciences and, and really moving into a place of more complete surrender to the love of our Lord as we move into this great reflection of his love throughout Holy Week. And so <clears throat> throughout the day, I'm going to give you different scripture passages to pray through. And, um, and so there's a brief kind of format for praying with scripture that I'm just going to go over really quickly. Um, to help us to enter into that dialogue and enter into that relationship with our Lord. And so that format is the four R's. And the four R's are read, reread, reflect, and write. Write starts with a W, but it sounds like an R. And, um, and so basically, it, like it involves the first like reading of a scripture passage. And, and in that first reading, all we're looking for is what word or words sort of stand out to us in that moment. In the reread, then we go back through and reread it. And in this time, what I'd invite you to do is reflect on, okay, what is going on here? And to use your imagination to, to visualize what happens in that passage, sort of as if you were watching it, what do you notice?
And then in reflect to again, read the scripture passage. But this time use your imagination to place yourself in that, in that scene. How do you see yourself in relationship to Jesus or in relationship to the other people that are there in the crowd? And then in the fourth step to simply journal about that experience of him. And so this morning, I want to reflect and go back to our Lord's baptism. Last night in the reading from Mass, it says that Jesus slips away from the crowd and he goes back to that place where John first baptized. And and I made reference to that being going back to this place that was sort of this safe place or this place where he knew the Father's love. And so even in the life of our Lord, as we desire to come to know him and to know his experience and what does he want to share with us from his heart, there's this experience of being criticized and people wanting to kill him. And, you know, oftentimes I think of our Lord just sort of interiorly saying to him, saying like, I'm just trying to help you. Like, I'm just trying to help you, and you want to kill me. And in the midst of that conflict, he has this desire. He's drawn back to the place. Where he heard the Father's voice. where he heard the Father's voice. And so I'm going to read from Luke's Gospel, his account of Jesus' baptism. As we remember with him what that experience was like. After all the people had been baptized, Jesus also had been baptized and was praying. Heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And we might ask ourselves, what word stands out in that reading? You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. You know, what's striking is there's lots of people who are not pleased with him. 
in the moment in which he goes back to this place. And in that experience of people not being pleased with him, he goes back to the place where he knows that the Father is pleased with him. And as we pray with this, we might ask ourselves, well, how are, where are we at right now? Are people pleased with us? Or are we pleased with ourselves? Because sometimes, like I know in my own life, I can be more critical of myself. I really messed up that homily yesterday. Um, I really should be getting up early on Sunday, but I don't have mass, so I'm just gonna sleep in till 10. Um, you ever get to the end of the day and you didn't make your bed? And I don't need to make my bed, nobody sees my room, but every time I walk by my unmade bed, it's a reminder that I'm just like a failure. Um, you know, is everybody at home kicking butt at homeschooling right now? <laughs> when you've never homeschooled before. I was watching a video on Facebook. Somebody was like making a joke about the fact that they don't even know how to do the math that their kids are doing. So they have to Google, how do you do new math? And we can feel like, uh, I'm just like not succeeding at life right now. And there's a need to go back to, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, with you I'm well pleased. And to remember our Lord's experience of that, because when our Lord goes to be baptized, we all know that he had no need to be baptized. And when Pope Benedict XVI reflects on the baptism of Jesus in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, he talks about our Lord going there to enter into solidarity with sinners. To enter into solidarity with sinners. So he wants to experience everything that they've experienced. And he chooses to be united with sinners. We can imagine him showing up and there's this crowd of people and there's fornicators and there's people who have embezzled money, there's people who have stolen, there's, there's all kinds of people that are sinners. And as our Lord sort of walks among them, I imagine them looking at our Lord and thinking, what's he doing here? Why is he here? And our Lord's sentiment might be something like, I'm here because I'm just going to be one of you today.
I'm here because I want to be with you in the messiness of your life. And in that experience, he shows us what it is to be poor in spirit. To be completely dependent on the Father. St. Paul says, though he was in the form of God, he didn't deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men. That he empties himself and because he's emptied himself, he lives a life of radical dependence on the Father. And everywhere in scripture, he's always pointing back to the Father. Philip asks him, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And he responds, oh, have I been with you all this time and still you don't know me? Whoever sees me sees the Father. Don't you know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The Father and I are one. And that's always the place that he goes in his loneliness. He always returns to the Father. And if we're going to follow him, that means in our own loneliness, we're constantly being called back to him. We're constantly being called to go back to him. And loneliness is a really difficult kind of emotion. And it's not easily satiated. In this time of social distancing, we're experiencing a lot of loneliness. And we might even be at home with a bunch of people in our household and we still feel lonely. Because we miss people. I've been doing all of my meetings on Zoom. So I'm in contact with people and I see their face on the screen and it actually is more effective than I thought it would be. <laughs> Sometimes people actually show me more like affect and they show more emotion on the screen than they do when they're sitting in my office with me. But it's not the same as interpersonal like, face-to-face contact. 
it's a great gift that we have technology to help us to connect. It's a great gift that we have technology to be able to experience this retreat, but it's still not the same as face-to-face -face contact. One of my friends was sharing with me recently that the hardest thing for him in this quarantine is that he has to deal with himself. <clears throat> like before he was able to like be in a relationship with other people and everybody told him how amazing he was and what a great guy he is. And now he just has to deal with himself. And he was like, and I'm lazy. Because when we spend time with ourselves, we start to notice our own flaws and we can't get away with them. We can't escape from them. And it might be accentuated by the kind of loneliness that results from not being known by another. Like when we don't know another person or when another person doesn't know who we are. And our Lord experiences that as well. And when he experiences that, like people don't get me. He simply goes back to reaffirm this relationship that he has with the father. When he's traveling through these towns and they reject him, James and John go to him and they say, Lord, should we call down fire and brimstone on these, on these towns? And Jesus says, nobody knows the son except the father. Right? And that's his response. His response in those moments is nobody knows the son except the father. And even the people closest to me don't get me. And so I have to go back to the father. I have to go back to experiencing his love for me. I have to go back to that moment of you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And that's the place that we want to start from is remembering that that is who we are. even when we're separated by distance. A lot of people have been talking to me about how much they miss <clears throat> going to mass that they miss going to adoration, they miss 
the availability of the sacraments. And my response sometimes is, well, I miss like having people in front of me. I miss preaching to a live congregation. I miss hearing confessions. Yeah, but Father, at least you get to celebrate Mass. Okay, I get that. It's true. But the point is that we miss each other. That we miss each other. It's like within family life, sometimes I miss my siblings. And I wish that they would call me. They're probably like tuned in right now to the live stream thinking to themselves, well, you don't call me either. (laughs) And I don't always remember that they miss me too in the midst of that. And so when we feel that sentiment of I miss Jesus and I miss his presence and I miss his physical presence in the Blessed Sacrament, there's also this reality that he misses you too. Which means he's capable of holding you in this time of separation. And he does hold you. This is just like every retreat, phone goes right? And he does hold you in this time of separation. And that sentiment that we feel of missing him gives us some insight into his own experience, his own longing to gather people to himself. And if we stay too focused on what we don't have, we miss out on what's there. There is a kind of grieving that we have to go through and and we go through the stages of grief just like anybody does. You know, denial. There's lots of denial blogs and denial comments on social media right now. This isn't really a big, that big a deal. Bargaining. Like we can bargain with our Lord. People are bargaining about the sacraments. Like, Father, what if I sneak in to your clandestine mass? Right? Is there some way we can maneuver? Anger. And eventually we get to acceptance, and acceptance is when we decide to live life on life's terms. That this is where we are right now. 
and in a stage of acceptance, then we don't miss out on what is there. One of the amazing things about being Catholic that we talk about all the time is all the different ways that we have of encountering our Lord. All the different ways that we have of encountering our Lord. And sometimes I describe that using a pyramid and there's sort of at the pinnacle, at the top, the most intimate way that we encounter our Lord is when we receive him in the Eucharist. And we also receive him spiritually as we receive him in the Eucharist, when we're completely open to all of the graces that our Lord wants to give us in that moment. And then maybe there's this level of when we watch Mass on television, And we receive him spiritually and we really receive him spiritually and our heart is open to all the graces that he wants to give us in that moment. And then there's other forms of liturgical prayer, like praying the liturgy of the hours. And there's lots of ways of praying the liturgy of the hours that are available on the iBrievery app. You can go on the iBrievery app and every single day it updates so that you can pray morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayer. We're using the divine office on this retreat, which you know gives an audio recording or an audio player. that somebody can listen to, just put on your noise-canceling headphones so that you don't hear your kids fighting. Praying the rosary is another way of meditating on the life of our Lord as we meditate on the mysteries of the rosary. Lexio Divina as we come to encounter our Lord in the scriptures and he reveals himself to us in a real and profound way. And we come to know who he is in a more intimate way as we sit and contemplate his life. And our vocal prayer where we simply enter into a conversation with him. And there can be like stages of intimacy or levels of intimacy and all those things, which isn't unlike human relationships where there's levels of intimacy in human relationships. We have people that we just talk to. We have people that we share our lives with a little bit more. We have people that we share our hearts with. the pinnacle of, um, of intimacy in human relationships is that intimacy shared between a husband and a wife. And 
And what I learned from many couples that I work with is that like that most profound level of intimacy is only as profound as the other levels are present. When they're really sharing their hearts with each other, then that most intimate level of intimacy becomes all the more unitive. And so by analogy, the more we share our heart with our Lord and the more we experience that kind of emotional intimacy with him, that kind of communicative intimacy with him, it will make reuniting with him in the Eucharist all the more unitive, all the more powerful, all the more efficacious in our lives. Pope Benedict the 16th wrote once about Eucharistic fasting and he said, it may be a good for some people in the church to abstain from receiving the Eucharist for a time so that it doesn't become something that's mundane. So it doesn't become something that's mundane. Because it can be easy for us to say we have this like highest level of intimacy with our Lord and that's all that I need. And to miss out on building a relationship with him. And so during this time of Eucharistic fasting, There's an invitation to grow in intimacy with him by sharing our hearts with him. You know, if a married couple came to me and one party was disgruntled, probably the husband, because they're practicing natural family planning and they just need to space out their kids, and he's like, well, if we can't be together that way, I don't even want to talk to that lady. That would be horrible. And we say lots of pious things in that regard, like, well, you need to really spend this time building up your emotional relationship and spending time together and going for walks. And And so we can say the same thing about our relationship with our Lord, that we can spend this time building up that union of hearts with him. And I know in my own life that this proves true, that like I pray the liturgy of the hours every single day since I was a seminarian. And, um, and there were periods in my priesthood of extreme dryness, like periods in my priesthood when I wasn't even sure that our Lord was listening to me anymore. In periods of extreme loneliness, 
And last summer I did an eight day retreat, an eight day silent retreat. And, um, and so I'm, I'm doing like four holy hours a day and just focusing in the initial parts of those holy hours on this theme of you are my beloved son. And so I use readings like Isaiah 43 and Psalm 139 to get me started. But I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And then I prayed the liturgy of the hours, you know, there was one other guy on the retreat with me and, and we prayed evening prayer together one night and like every verse was popping for me. Like every verse in the Psalms like, was speaking to my heart in a more profound way than it ever had before. Even though I prayed those prayers every single day for the last 20 years. But there was something about like, sharing my heart with our Lord in that kind of prayer that made my liturgy of the hours more effective. A few weeks ago we had deanery day and sometimes deanery days are really mundane. You're there with a bunch of priests too. I mean, sometimes we get along, sometimes we don't get along. A couple of my old pastors were in the room. And sometimes we got along and sometimes we didn't get along. And we prayed evening prayer together and I remember just feeling this great sense of joy. And, uh, and I was really overwhelmed by that great sense of joy that I was experiencing because usually I'd be like, okay, we gotta knock this out and I can get out of here. And I just wanted to stay. Because in working at the foundation and learning to share my heart with our Lord, and surrendering all the things that I'm not in control of, he was able to speak to me in those moments. in a way that was more profound than I had experienced up until that point. And I learned that from him. I learned that from Jesus because he shows us what it means to be alone with the Father. He shows us what it means to surrender. When we talk about surrendering our life, what we mean is to completely entrust our heart to our Lord and to give up all control and to be poor in spirit. And when people surrender, they usually hold up their hands. Right? Like, I give up. And we hold up our hands to show that our hands are empty. That we're not holding on to anything. And so the first stage of surrendering our life and entrusting our heart to our Lord is to empty our hands. 
But in order to empty our hands, we have to look at our hands and see what we're holding. So what are we holding? Are we holding on to the news updates every day? Are we holding on to how many people are actually following this retreat on Facebook Live? I might be sometimes. Are we holding on to our grief? The thing that we need to grieve, but we're afraid of grieving. Or holding on to resentment. Are we holding on to our fears? Or sometimes we can be holding on to my life as it would be if things were different. Holding on to our life as it would be if things were different. Like, what would I be doing right now if we weren't in coronavirus lockdown? How much do we think about that during the day? Because it's easy to do. And so our goal today is to let go of those things we're holding on to. And in the next conferences, I'm going to go deeper into some meditations and some sort of inventories maybe to look at what are we holding on to so that we can empty ourselves as Jesus emptied himself. so that we can more fully entrust ourselves to our Lord and recognize the way in which he's caring for us right now. It's an amazing opportunity that we have this time to more closely examine our lives and more closely examine our hearts. so that we can, in fact, be transformed and renewed throughout this Easter season. So this morning, between now and Mass, I'd invite you, as you're able, this pray through our Lord's baptism, that emptying of himself, in his solidarity with you, 
and to ask him for that grace of learning to hear the voice of the Father. And I'm trusting in that voice of the Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for holding us in your heart. We ask you in a particular way to give us the grace of knowing you more intimately. Of recognizing how you look at us with love. Of remembering those times in our own lives where we have heard your voice, where we have known your love where we have trusted in you with all our hearts. Help us to rest in you today. That we may know your security, your grace, and your peace. And glorify you. in every thought, word, and work of our lives.